But it's always good to come home. You know, you can be all over the world, and yet there's never any place like home. And uh, we're going to go back into a short time of worship in a moment. But before we do, Katie, could you stand up, please? You look absolutely stunning today. <laughs> and I feel like the Lord gave me a word for you. And the word is puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. And I saw you sitting at a table, and you had these puzzles that you were putting together. And you got to the one in the middle, and you had it almost completed. There was just one piece that you could not get it to fit. No matter what, you turned it, and you turned it, and you turned it, and it just would not fit. And you said, well, it must be here. And so you looked in the other puzzles, and it wasn't there. And you looked in the other puzzle box, and it wasn't there. And then God said, Katie, you can't find it because I'm holding it in my hand. And I will release it in the due time. And it won't be necessarily what you think it should look like because a little puzzle piece by itself doesn't look like the whole mass. It's got its own identity. He says, and you may not find it where you think it should be. It's not going to be in one of these places that you're looking but I'm going to present it to you. So I say to you, walk in peace until the peace arrives. Amen. Amen. Well, some of you have heard me share this, but I feel like I need to share it again this morning. And I was thinking one day, do you ever just, Mary, do you ever have times you just let your thoughts go and you're just, I'm out there somewhere and I'm thinking and, and um, I was thinking about church. And I was thinking, why do people come to church? Why do they come? And I thought, well, some come because they just love God and they love to worship. And I thought, wow, that's a great reason. And then I thought, well, there's some that have little children and they come because they want to make sure their kids have that foundational learning and teaching. And I thought, that's a good thing. And then I said, I thought, well, there are those that just want to come and fellowship with people of like faith and get together with couples that are solid Christian couples. And I said, that's a good thing. And right in the middle of my thinking, God interrupted me. Do you ever have a God interruption? And God said to me, and why do you think I come? Yeah, that's what I said. Ooh. I said, well, God, let me think about that. And I said, well, I said, God, your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. So you come because you have to come because you stand behind your word. And God said, that's true, Catherine. I do stand behind my word. And it's true that my word says that. But that's not why I come. And I said, but why do you come? He said, because I come because I want to encounter my people. And he said, when you worship, which they did a phenomenal job today. You guys were phenomenal. When you worship, that allows him to come and inhabit the atmosphere. But when you bring an invitation 
for him to take another step. He doesn't want to just come and inhabit a place. He wants to encounter the people in the place. And he's waiting for that invitation to be released to move and to encounter. It's during those times, it's during those times, hmm, there's a precious anointing upon you. There's a hunger deep within you. And at times you've said, God, when are you going to do it? God, when am I going to see it? And you've already seen it in the spirit realm. But God says, you're going to see it in the natural. But my timing is essential. So depend on me for the timing. And I will depend on you for the pursuit. I, what's your name? Georgia. You're gorgeous, Georgia. But it's when we release him to do the things that only he can do. When we give him that permission and that invitation, not just to come, but to encounter. And so I've asked Pastor Brandon if he'll come and, and just have a, a word, a, a time of worship and asking the Holy Spirit to move. A few weeks ago, I spoke at the Warren campus and God began to give some prophetic words about what he was doing in the, in the, in the house, in the encounter time. I'm going to start calling it, Vicki, I'm going to call it my encounter time because one encounter changes everything. And she texts me later and a lady texts me later and she said, you know, she said, I woke up in so much pain that I couldn't go to church. She said, I, I just, my back, my legs, I could hardly move. So I turned on the internet, this live stream, and she said, as soon as I turned it on, you had that prophetic word. And she said, and the Spirit of God came on me and healed me from my head to my feet. That's what God wants to do during the encounter time. God wants to speak to you. He's a speaking God. And you know what? He's on your side. He's on your side. He's your biggest fan. He's rooting you on. And we all need at times to hear someone say, I'm on your side. We need someone to say, hey, I'm rooting you on. You're going to make it through this. You've got great friends I know right here. But sometimes it's just so good to hear God say, I got you. So we're going to go ahead and just worship for a moment and see what God wants to release into the house, more importantly than the house, into the people. Whoa. We had someone from the last service that was healed of a thyroid condition. Mm. When we give God permission, when we say, God, that's what we need, that's what we want, we release you, we, we go after you. 
Mary, we are praying with you. We love you so much. We need an encounter time with the Spirit of God. Would you go ahead, Brenda? Would you stand to your feet, please? Just enter into that place with Him. Give Him permission to enter into that place with you. Sometimes we keep Him at arm's length. Yes, Lord. you, We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we, we just declare, oh God, a moving, an encountering with your people. We say, encounter right now. Speak right now. Heal right now. Whoa. What's your greatest need? Embrace him and he will come and meet the need. Father, we declare a release of healing anointing right now. We release the anointing healing. Whoa, for it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the Spirit of God being activated. It's by the Spirit of God to be released from the heavens. It's by the Spirit of God to have the invitation. Father, we just speak to cancer to dry up and leave. We just speak that it has no place in this house. You said that you sent your word and you healed them of their disease. Yes, Lord, we just speak healing right now. Yes, Lord. I just sense that there are a lot of people during this time, a lot of believers that are being attacked in the mindset. They're thinking, they're accusations coming against you. And some might even be true and some aren't true, but there are constant accusations that are just tearing down your self-esteem. And just like I said to the young lady up front, God's on your side. Young man, God is on your side. And there's nothing you can do and nothing you can say that can turn them against you. He's embracing you. He's pulling you to him, not away from him. He's saying, come unto me and I will be your strength. You come unto me and I'm gonna help you out of the situation. Whoa. Don't quit. Don't quit, he's on your side. And with him on your side, you win. You win, you cannot lose, you win. What's your name? Mark. Mark. God, we just declare that spirit of release right now over Mark. Those words that are ringing in his ear, those words that maybe he's even thought himself 
maybe even justified, but God, you said, hey, that's my man. I'm on his side. I'm not tearing him down. I'm lifting him up. I'm not here to discourage. I'm here to encourage. I'm here not to push away, but to draw to myself. Father, thank you for drawing Mark to yourself. Holy Spirit, thank you for that encounter time with Mark. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh. Yes, Lord. Mm. Wind of God. If we have nothing else but a, a wind of God blow on us today, it will be a day worth living. I come against the spirit of suicide right now. I come against it and I say, God, move in that person's behalf. Embrace them, Holy Spirit. Encounter them. Encounter them, oh God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh. I just feel like somebody's got ringing in the ear. And it's just a constant nagging, like constant um, irritant is the word. It's not like it can keep you from doing things, but it's an irritant. And Father, we just declare the ringing stop. The ringing stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. I, I see the two of you, and, and you're in a hot air balloon. I'm not sure what all this means. I've been trying to figure it out, but maybe you do. And I give it to you with an open hand. may not even be God. But I see you in a hot air balloon. And I said, I turned to my husband earlier and I said, how, how does that work? <laughs> because I see him up there. I've been on one. They're amazing to take. But uh, you go in this balloon and you have no control. You're, you go with wherever the wind takes you. We asked our, our the guy that was, do you drive a hot air balloon? Whatever you do with it. Whoever was guiding it, was directing it, I don't know what he's called, but we asked the guy in the balloon, we said, how, how far are we going to go? He goes, I don't know. We said, well, where are we going to land? He goes, I don't know. Well, how high are we going to go? I don't know. It all depends on the wind. Wherever the wind takes us, that's how high we go. That's how far we go. And that determines when we get off. And I just speak over the two of you, the wind of God, that the ride that you're on, that, that fire that keeps it going will continue to burn. And when it starts to go down, you just light it up again. You just light it up again, and it'll take you higher again. Let the wind of God take you where you need to go. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you, God. Oh, we thank you, God, for encounters. Yes, Lord. Spirit of God. Yes. Yes, Lord. 
someone here in the valley of decision you don't know whether to move or not move Um, it's you're at that place where you feel like well maybe it's God moving us on and maybe it's maybe it's not and we just need the heart of God and and I I just see this uh, big sign up ahead and a sign will tell you where when we hear about signs and wonders and miracles, it's something that directs you. It tells you where you are or where you're close to. And I feel like God's going to give you a sign. He's going to show you. He's going to make it clear to you whether or not you're to go through that doorway. And we're going to be talking today about God doorway moments. I just want to affirm to the two of you that God has opened up the doors that he has opened up. And he's placing you in position with people of authority. And there will be those who may not appreciate so much your coming and your releasing and your wisdom, but that's okay. Because God has placed you divinely. So don't let the discouragement come or the attack come against you because God's on your side and God is directing your path. Amen. We just bless this open door. It's one of those open door moments in both of their lives. It's it's like God saying, here you go. And he's not leaving. He's going with you. He said, "I'm, I'm right with you here. And I'll give you the wisdom, and I'll give you the revelation, and I'll give you the Father's heart in every situation. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to get into the Word real quickly here. You know, oh, would you please be seated? Thank you, honey. You know what is so exciting is you can go home and you can get in your prayer closet and you can turn on your worship music and you can be right there again. Encounter time. Encounter time. I just love that. Well, this morning I have a word in me. And when the Lord spoke to me this word, I got real excited. He said, Catherine, he said, I am about to do doorway moments with my people. And I said, yes, doorway moments. And then I said, what's that mean? (laughs) Have you ever done that? When he spoke to me about Esther, he said, I'm releasing the anointing of Esther upon the women. I said, yes, what's that mean? And so I had to get in the book of Esther. Well, when he said that about doorways, I said, what's a doorway for? And I began to think about doorways. And I thought about at home, when you get up in the morning, you're gorgeous all the time, I'm sure, and she she wakes up gorgeous. She, well, when I wake up, not so much. I wake up, but there's, I'm in the bedroom, and that's my purpose, is to sleep in the bedroom. 
and I fight all night for the pillow with my dog, and I wake up, my hair's like this. So I lead through a doorway into a new place. Doorways bring access. It'll take you from where you are into a brand new place. I go in through access into the bathroom where I, my makeup is kept, which I am so thankful for. But it's the doorway that allows me to go where there's a different purpose in mind. When you came here today, when you got out of your car and you came in through, would you come through? Doorway. And the first place you got to was a hallway or foyer, which is designed to greet people. Now, you had a choice. You could have gone into the quest through the doorway. Because in there, there's a different purpose where you sit down and you eat and you fellowship. Or you could come down here and eventually make your way through the doorway to enter into a place that's designed for worship. It has a whole new purpose to it. Now, when I looked in the Word, I looked in Revelation 3.20, and it says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and this is Jesus speaking, I'm going to, I'm going to, and opens the door, I'm going to come in. We're going to have a doorway encounter. Now, we usually use that scripture, and willfully so, if you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity. There's a scripture that says, I'm waiting for you. All you do is open the doorway to your heart. But when you actually read the scripture and you get into it a little deeper, it was actually written to a church. It wasn't written to the lost. It was written to a church. But it was written to a lukewarm church. They had lost their first love. But he's saying to the church, there's a doorway. Now, we know that Jesus doesn't have millions of doorways everywhere. So there must be spiritual doorways that we can enter into and through. Now, one of the greatest illustrations, greatest stories of doorway moments is found in Exodus chapter 3. And I'm not going to take the time to read it to you because I'm running late, as always. But it's the story of Moses. You know the story of the Moses, huh? Yeah. We've all heard the story of Moses. It starts out when he's a young baby and he was going to be murdered and his mom put him in a basket and sent him down the river and he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. And she embraced him and she loved him. She adopted him. She cared for him. That made him the grandson of Pharaoh. Now, I don't care who you are. We know what grandpas are like, don't we? Honey, whatever you want, it's yours. 
I have to imagine he would get his little tricycle and take it down to the palace and be going through the rooms. I wonder if every Sunday they would all go have dinner at Grandpa's house. I wonder if he grew up thinking, someday this is all going to be mine. Someday I'm going to be a person of great authority in this kingdom because of who I'm related to. I'm the grandson. But in a moment's time, he made a decision that would change his future. And we, we read about the fact that he murdered a guy that was beating on the, on the Jewish people. And so the next day he found out that somebody saw him. And so he had to leave all that behind and in Exodus 3, chapter 1, we find him on the edge of a desert. It said on the backside, that's even worse, the backside of a desert. This was probably the one of the lowest days in Moses' life ever. He's out there and he's sweating. It's 90 degrees. I hate to sweat. I actually sweat yesterday a little bit, and I hated it. Not that I was working out. I was out in the sun. But, but Moses was out there sweating. He had these stinky sheep. They don't smell good when they're hot. They weren't even his sheep. He had to take care of his father-in-laws. That makes you feel like a real success story. But he's out there, and all of a sudden, on the worst day, he's probably thinking, I'll never amount to anything. My mom, my dad, whoever told me that was right. And he sees a bush burning. It also says, we don't talk about it much, he sees an angel in the middle of the bush. So there was no doubt he had seen bushes burn, but to see an angel in the middle of it. And it says that Moses spoke to himself, and he said, I will turn aside. He said, God is there. Sometimes God will come in the most unusual places at the most unusual times when you least expect it. Maybe in your worst day, maybe in your best day. But he saw that God was moving and, and he said to himself, self, we're going over there. He said, I am, I am leaving where I am at, and I'm going to where I know God is moving. And he went over there, and it said, and when God saw that he turned away and came, God was watching. But he didn't, apparently didn't think it was a given thing that Moses was going to do it. He said he saw that he decided to come. 
What did Jeffrey think? I'd love to, to read these stories and, and think, what would have happened if Moses had decided not to go? Would God raised up someone else? Would God's people still be in bondage to Egypt? We don't know. God needed Moses, like Pastor Ben just said, to come in alignment. So he came, and there was what I call a doorway moment for Moses. He had an encounter with God. God said, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. How many times are we standing on holy ground and we don't recognize it? How many times is God saying, if you'll turn away and come to me, you're at that place right now, God's saying, it's a turnaround moment for you. And if you come to me, I'm going to share a plan with you. You know what Moses got in that moment? He almost didn't go through the doorway to the new place, to the new purpose. Because of his insecurity, because of his inadequacy, God's not looking for adequate people or secure people. He's looking for those who said, I'm, I'm ready to go through that door. And, he's, and God said to Moses, I'm going to take you through from where you are to a place that you've never been. I'm going to take you from a position that you're holding right now into a new position. I feel like God is saying to his people, get ready because I am about to take you to a new place. If you are ready to turn aside and come to the doorway where I am, I will take you through. And God reveals three things in that doorway moment. One is the power of God. When Moses said, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can pass through there. I don't know if I can be a voice. God said, what's that stick? What's that stick? And he turned it into a stake, snake. He said, I'll show you my power. He said, I'll show you my plan. I've got a plan, Moses. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go up before Pharaoh. He says, well, that's kind of tough because remember, I came from there, and they're going to laugh at me, and I can't talk. And he said, I'll, I'll show you my provision. You can't talk. I'll give you somebody that can talk. Talking is not the reason I chose you. God's calling his people aside. And he's not just calling single Moseses. He's calling for churches. He's calling for tribes. He's calling for my, just the insignificance And he wants to use them. Isn't that awesome? Without God, we cannot. Without us, he will not. So he's looking for those who will turn aside. 
Let me tell you about a lady named Anne who turned aside. We were asked to take the Esther experience down to uh, Pigeon Forge. I think that's the funniest name, Pigeon Forge. Do pigeons live in forges or what? I, don't, I just don't get it. But anyway, the actual church was in Florence, Kentucky. And they were going to have us come down at this big resort. It was going to be expensive. And go down and, and minister. And that lady the week before had gone to the ear doctor. And she went to the ear doctor, and the ear doctor said to her, she said, I was actually excited because my ear was so bad that she said I was excited to get a hearing aid because I, I was at the place where before I didn't want it, but now I, I desperately needed it. And she went to the ear doctor, and he said, I'm sorry. He said, it's, it won't work for you. She says, well, what about surgery? Can you? He says, I'm sorry, there's really nothing we can do. You're going deaf in that ear. And she turned aside. And she drove four hours. She spent well over, I know it was well over $400 just for staying there, right? Gwen, Gwen was there. But she turned away. And God saw that she turned aside. And she was in the middle of a worship time, I think. And, and, and all of a sudden, the worship music got loud. And all of a sudden, she got excited. And she grabbed her friend. She said, would you come outside with me? i got to see if this is for real. She went outside. And her ear was completely healed. <laughs> Let me tell you about another doorway moment. My husband and I were asked to go down to TCT television. It's Christian television in Canton, Ohio. And they asked if I'd be on a panel. And I said, sure. It's like a 20-minute, half-hour show. I thought, how much could they ask me? You know, five minutes with all these other ladies. And, but the lady started asking me question after question about the Spirit of God. When you talk about him, he comes. And we started talking, and she kept asking more questions. And, and finally, the ladies on the panel started weeping. And I began to prophesy over the head lady. And God came. There's nothing like one encounter with God. And as the show was over, they escorted my husband and I to the green room. And we were in there, and one of the ladies says, come here, you've got to hear this. And she took me into the room with her. And you could hear the wailing and the crying out to God and the, just the, the hearts that were in intercession for God. And I walked out, and the head of the, the whole station came up to me, and he said, do you know what just happened? Actually, he said, do you know what you just did? And I thought, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. He said, you just released revival in this place. Yeah. And it didn't stop there. They decided they were going to close down the whole station. They said, I don't care what you're doing. If you're on a computer, you turn the computer off. 
I don't care if you're videotaping, you stop videotaping. And we're all going to go in this back room, and Bishop and Pastor Kathy are going to lay hands on us. We were there probably a couple hours, maybe more, just imparting to this TV station because they turned away and because God saw that they turned away. There was big guys that would carry these big cameras just weeping before God. There was one who waited out in the car for hours for us, and we came out, and he said, just want you to know I would never let anybody lay hands on me. But when you came, we knew that this was God. He was one of those with the tears coming down. God is looking for those. He will notice whether or not you turn aside. Would you stand to your feet, please? He's not looking for just one Moses. There was a whole generation that wouldn't turn aside. They had a, a door moment with God to cross over into that promised land. But they wouldn't take it. They wouldn't believe God. And a whole generation missed out. But God will always have a remnant. He will always have a generation of people who say, God, we're going over. We're crossing over. We're encountering God. We're turning aside from the everyday things that we're doing. And we're going to go after God. Ooh. I want, could I have the prayer team come first, please? I want to open these altars to those of you who say, I'm going to be a part of those who turn aside. I want God to see me turn aside. I'm not just turning. I'm saying, hey, God, here I am. I want to say to God, Victory Christian Center, we're turning aside. So if you're one of those and you're saying, hey, I'm one of those turning aside, would you begin to come? Yeah. If you're saying, God, I want to go to a new place with you. Yeah, 
If you get out of your seat, you're prophetically saying to God, I'm coming with you. I see you moving, and I want to be a part of that movement. I want to be a part of the miracles that are coming. I want to be a part of a greater plan. I want to see the power of God. I want to know the plan of God. I know there'll be provision of God. Mm -hmm. I want to say this to the Coitsville campus. I don't know that you can attend here and be a part of this body and not have a revelation that we serve a God of the impossible. Because you're a part of a church, you're a part of a campus in Coitsville, Ohio, that makes no sense. None. You don't come to Coitsville because, well, you know, those, those restaurants in Coitsville, I, I go out there to church because I like to stop by those restaurants. I like to stop by the mall in Coitsville afterwards because they get the best stores. Now, there's nothing in Coitsville but God. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, God takes the weak things of the world to confound the wise. Here's the reason I'm saying this. You're a part of a campus that out of this campus, eight campuses now exist. So you are anchored in a place of the supernatural. That should do something in you. One thing it should do is that you can never celebrate mediocrity. You can never just say, well, enough is enough. I just want to be comfortable. No, no, come on. If you know that Jesus Christ hung on that cross and gave his 100% for you, you know I can never give just a portion. I got to give my all, whatever that means. Moses did not know when he responded that day to that unusual sight of the burning bush that did, was not consumed. He did not know what was gonna happen. He simply gave his attention. And just before I hand the microphone back to my wife, I just wanna say to each and every one of you, have the kind of childlike faith that says nothing is impossible with God. Have the kind of childlike faith that speaks to mountains and says, mountain be removed. Because you are a part. It's in you. It's in you and it's on you, the supernatural in this campus. Could I have as many as you will come forward? I just want to prophesy over the house. Would you come forward? And I, I promise to get you out quickly. Yeah, yeah. You're already part of a miracle, but we've seen nothing yet. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
you've seen with your own eyes in times past. And God hasn't forgotten you. And I know you haven't forgotten him. But he just wants to remind you he's your best friend. Father, right now, we just prophesy over this house. We prophesy over these people. We prophesy, God, that we are crossing over. Whoa. God, we just prophesy that we're turning aside. And when we hear your voice and we have you call us into that new place, God, we just declare that we are going without hesitation. That, God, we're going to go from the backside of the desert to the backside of the palace if we have to. But we're leaving where we are, and we're going into the place of power, going into the place of plan. We're going into the place of provision. Whoa. Father, we release that heart, oh God. We impart that heart, oh God. We impart the ears to hear you calling them aside. Eyes to see when it's time to move into your place. We just bless you all. Victory Christian Center, Coitsville. In Jesus' name, for God, doorway, moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, there are teams up here willing to minister to you. If you've never received Christ, come up and talk to one of these team members.